Minnesota West Farm Business Management Series of Podcasts. Today we've got some friends back with the Farm Service Agency uh, in Jackson Cottonwood County. Talk a little bit about the county committee elections and county committee nominations. Uh, we also have a county committee member. We'll, uh, we'll start Linda Stocker Brokers back. Linda, uh, re- refresh our memory, our listeners' memory. Where are you working out of? I am currently the county executive director for Cottonwood and Jackson County in Southwest Minnesota. I've been doing this now for three years in this shared management sector, and I've been in Cottonwood for, oh gosh, over 20 years. But uh, yeah, that's what I do. I direct the counties of Cottonwood and Jackson. Excellent. Thank you. And Rhonda's back. Rhonda, where are you at again? Yep, I'm currently working in the Cottonwood County FSA office as a program technician. I've worked with FSA for seven years in both the Jackson and Cottonwood County offices. A new guest today, we have Matt Lund. Matt, tell us where you live, where you're serving for the county committee, and a little bit about your operation. Yeah, sure. So this is my second term as a county committee member. Um, I live in Storden, just outside of Storden Farm here in the northwest quadrant I would consider it of, uh, of Cottonwood County. I've been been farming here for for a little while I guess I, I still qualify to be a beginning farmer under that 10-year period but yes yeah, serving my second term on the county committee so the first term must have went pretty well so Matt you said you're farming outside of Storton Minnesota what are you raising up there? Yeah, we're just, uh, we're row crop, uh, corn and soybean rotation, no livestock. That kind of sums it up. This podcast is, is very timely because there's a process to become a county committee member. And of course, um, you know, there's, with the process, there's deadlines, there's a deadline coming up. So I'm going to defer to Rhonda or Linda about the do- nomination process and the deadline that's right around the corner. Sure, I can help you with that, Jeremy. Um the nomination deadline is August 1st. Um, the process to nominate a candidate uh, in order to hold an office as a COC member or an alternate, a person must be a producer who, who owns or operates a farm or ranch, who participates or cooperates in any of our FSA programs. You have to be a U.S. citizen and of legal voting age, and you must reside in the county jurisdiction in which they will be serving. Individuals can nominate themselves or anybody else as a candidate. The nomination forms are filled out for the county committee at at our office, and and you turn them in there again by by August 1st. On the form, it just includes a statement that the nominee agrees to serve if elected. So if you are nominating somebody else, you need to probably contact them before the nomination and and make sure that they they agree to, to be in be a candidate for county committee. So you can't volunteer somebody that they should be on this committee and they will be elected to serve. They got to have consent. Right. I've got a good candidate. I get their permission to nominate them. I nominate them. Are all nominees then serving on the committee? How many committee members are there even? So in Cottonwood and Jackson counties, we have what we call LAAs. So there's three in each county. So if all three committee members are males, we have to have what we call a minority advisor. I think maybe Linda would talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, exactly. Good question on what 
constitutes a county committee. County committees are set up of no less than three members in each county across the United States, and it can go up to 11 members depending on if they are combined counties or if they're single counties. So in Cottonwood and Jackson, for example, as Rhonda said, there are three county committee members elected each year, and they're set up in what we call local administrative areas, much similar to what um, each county has for county commissioner type of situation where you have five county commission members in a county and each one represents a different district. The exact same thing happens with the farm service agency that each county committee represents a different area of the county and different townships of the county. Also beyond the three members in Cottonwood and Jackson and the majority of the counties in Minnesota, uh, we also have what we call advisors. And an advisor is a minority, um, socially disadvantaged, that is uh, selected and appointed annually to represent women and minority interests. So members can serve on the committee up to three years and nine years, or three terms, excuse me, or nine years consecutively. And so the minority is appointed by the county committee, and then it has to be approved by the state committee as well. And we also, if for instance, there is a tribal representation or a reservation within your county, we would look to the tribe for a tribal advisor if a tribal member was not elected to the county committee. For county committees or county offices that are combined, for example, Mankato and Nicollet are combined counties, they have representation from each of the counties. So in that combined situation, there are actually six members plus advisors. So no less than three and up to 11 members, depending on the situation. If your nominees fit those minority areas, would you still nominate or appoint advisors? Or once they're on the committee, as long as we've make sure those underserved populations are represented, we're okay, correct? That is a correct statement, uh, Jeremy. You know, as long as we have a female or a tribal member, um, depending on a minority that is uh, over 30% in that county represented on the county committee, we would not need an, a minority advisor. It is only if uh, one is not elected, then the county committee would have a minority advisor selected, nominated, and appointed by the state committee. Correct. That tells us who we're looking for, how long they're serving, uh, they get nominated, what's the next step after nomination? So after they're nominated to the um, county committee, the county committee will um, do what they call vetting. Just like in any other election, we will check with the nominees that they are willing to serve. They have to sign on the, on the nomination form that they're willing to serve and they're willing to be a candidate on the ballot. We also have to determine that they do actually reside within the county and that they are an eligible candidate within the jurisdiction or the LAA local administrative area in which they're representing. So once they do that, then we, uh, we enter their name onto the ballot and then the balance, ballots are sent off to be printed to be distributed to all of the eligible voters within that local administrative area. So this is not like our federal and state government elections. This is a special FSA election that will be sent out only to those producers in that local administrative area. That is a correct statement. It, you know, those um, after the nominations are all complete, we enter their names. Then we have a mass mailing across the United States, and those would arrive after November 7th. 
fast forward, I'm going to get nominated. They pass the vetting process, get elected, so the votes are tabulated. Uh, they become a committee member. I'm going to defer this question to Matt. Matt, what's your responsibilities as a committee member? I kind of consider my first responsibility as a committee member to represent the farmers um, that are in Conway County. There's, uh, as a committee member, you kind of field a lot of a lot of the questions in your area, maybe about different programs, because everybody knows that uh, the, a lot of the FSA programs are not the easiest thing to uh, research and read, you know, from home. So. I don't necessarily claim to have all the answers for, you know, people that ask me questions, but at least I can, you know, get them in touch with somebody at the office that can help them out. So I guess representing the farmer is my number one priority. And then beyond that, it's, uh, it's just making sure that our FSA office is, is serving our farmers the way that they should be, which we've got, in my opinion, some of the best uh, staff uh, that you that you could ask for uh, everybody in the office, very knowledgeable about the programs and, and willing to, to work pretty hard for us as farmers. Because sometimes, you know, I, I come in there with really stupid questions uh, and they're, they're, they're all always willing to help me out uh, with my operation to make it better and try and fit, you know, the FSA programs to, to kind of tailor towards, towards my needs. I would have definitely second your opinion on the uh, quality of our FSA uh, offices in, in Jackson, Cottonwood County. And I always feel the same thing. I, don't, I show up feeling like I have dumb questions and they always have the, the answer to, to help my operation, which is very resourceful. And hopefully everybody has that experience. When we talk county committees, Matt, how many committee meetings do you go? I mean, is there meetings monthly? Is it once a year? How big a time commitment? Let's just go back two years ago, for example, just because meeting in person a year ago for governmental agencies has been kind of hit or miss. But we usually meet, uh, try to meet monthly uh, if we can, um, with the exception of spring and fall time and sometimes in the summer. I mean, the FSA office that we have and Linda is very cognizant of, of when we're busy and when we just can't make it in, uh, maybe for a meeting. And, and we just, uh, we kind of handle things uh, or let things pile up, I guess, uh, to a certain point when we can't make it in. But yeah, usually it's monthly. And and if we can't get in there, we can communicate with emails. And if there's a, a producer that needs a facility loan that, you know, approved, you know, in, in the next couple of days, we'll just do it over the phone or stop in or, or over email. So you mentioned approving facility loans. I'm assuming the county committee gets, uh, they, they are the uh, body that decides on those facility loans. What are the things are you voting on at the committee, Matt? I would say it's, it's a checks and balances type of uh, situation for us. If Linda, I guess, was to, was to retire anytime soon, which I hope it never happens. And at least in the next, I don't remember, I have two more years, so just stick with it for then. But uh, we would have, I believe anyways, we've never had to do this, but work in the hiring process of a CED. Beyond that, if there's issues, um, maybe with some applications for different things, different programs, we kind of field that as a committee and we, and rightfully so, because we know the producers and if, if there's some malicious thing that's going on that we know is going on or, or purely uh, innocent thing that innocent mistake, 
maybe that that was made we can we can sift through that for the producers so we vote on that type of stuff too so in your full term you had to pick one thing that stuck out as this made a difference or this was interesting a decision that we had made and of course we're not going to mention any names or anything like that but what's one thing that you can you hang your hat on saying you know what this process is something that is super valuable and here's one example of how how I know it's valuable. The one thing that I would consider that went really, really well, when we, I would consider it a reorganization of offices. Uh, we, I guess we had to share uh, Linda with Jackson County. And that happened, I don't, I don't remember, maybe three years ago. But there was a lot of reservation in, in Jackson County and Cottonwood County and Watton County about the reorganization process. If there's one thing that kind of sticks out in my mind, it, that would be one of the bigger things that, that I think was was really successful. Both offices work really well together and it's been a positive on both sides. But that's one, I guess, one thing uh, that, that kind of sticks out in my mind. But, you know, the day-to-day stuff, I, I think the most important thing is just, for me, is just once again coming back and we know the producers in our area and we can vouch for them. I would say if I'm going to hang my hat on anything, it's it would be that. If, if you're looking at getting on the county committee and you want to help out the guys and, and gals and in your area be better represented you know there really isn't isn't another office or a better way to to help them out sure you know helping producers and committee members being kind of the feet on the ground and the voices from the field time for some fun farm facts mike here's some fun farm facts about the farm service agency the farm service agency was formed in the 1930s during the great depression and was originally called the farm security administration its name and duties have changed over time with its current name formed in 1994 when the Farmers Home Administration, the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation, and the Agricultural Stabilization and Conservation Service were all merged together. That's why they're called the Farm Service Agency today. Thanks, Mike, and stay tuned for more fun farm facts at the end. Is there a, a website? How do you know who's on your who's your county committee members? We do send out a newsletter every month that has has them all listed on it. So as far as a new producer would obviously not be getting getting our newsletter, um, but they can go to to our website and and sign up for that. As far as a, a public facing list of county committee members, Linda, do you know if there is anything for that? Um, actually, no, there isn't. That's kind of an interesting concept that maybe we should, you know, visit with our state office and visit with the national to make sure that county committee representation is noted on the website where, you know, we list who who's the county director, who, where the county office is listed and et cetera like that. But yeah, you're right. You know, it's, a, we, you know, put out a gov delivery uh, newsletter monthly from every county office and the address and the um, contact information is there of who is on the county committee and representing the county committee. And, you know, as Matt said, he represents a certain area, but as like he said, they, they work together as a county committee and they represent the whole of the county, be it new producers or, you know, producers that are, you know, retiring or landowners, they represent them all and work together as a full team to represent the county in that respect. But that's where um, they could contact the FSA office if they have a question about the county committee or who is on the county committee. And we always do direct them that it is an open 
open public thought process that I don't think that a producer should ever be afraid to contact their county committee if they have a concern or a question or a comment um, about the county committee or about the county office or even a general question. You know, they're, uh, the county committee in my eyes is the voice, the eyes, the ears of the county. The, it's so unique in, in the government. The county committee, FSA, is the only agency um, that has um, a voice that is run by farmers and run, you know, the county committee is in charge of the office, literally, and in charge of the county. And so their voice matters. And so being able to talk to the county committee and to know your representation and get to know your county committee members to have a voice on the county committee is very, very important. And that, that I think Matt and most county committees that I've seen, they, they are willing to represent, they are willing to listen, you know, if um, there are concerns to, you know, set policy or to push policy up from the grassroots level up through the state committee and the state office to the Washington level. They do listen. They listen to the county committee very well in Washington. From the sound of it, the county committee is the voices behind the scenes that are actually making things happen. We overlooked that part that there's people out there with our voice and our interest in mind, helping us be successful. And to that, I thank all the county committee members uh, that are currently serving and those that will serve in the future. Wouldn't get it done without you. Exactly. And I think that that's something I, I think this podcast kind of, you know, puts a thought in my mind and in Rhonda's mind and, and hopefully others to alert you know, all of our producers and farmers when especially new producers, you know, on the county committee and who their representative is, and that that is an open door policy. So I think that is a good thought, Jeremy, and we're going to try to do, you know, it's a challenge for now for right. our county offices to push that out and to maybe highlight that a little bit more every month in the gov delivery and on the radio and in general publications. Well, I don't want to cut anybody off, but I'm going to review because we're going all the way back to the beginning why this is timely. Nominations are open now and currently go till August 1st. So if you want to be that voice for your county, uh, contact your local FSA. Or if you know someone who you think would be a very good stakeholder in this process for you as a producer, please let them know about the nomination process so that we can get them on the county committee. And, you know, yes, everything takes time, but you, if you want to make a difference, you got to put the time in. And that's exactly what this county committee is for, is to help make a difference in your local area as well as the state and federal levels. So if you're interested, get nominated uh, by the 1st of August. Then elections will happen here in November. Hopefully we'll have a new crop or a returning crop of county committee members, but maybe a renewed interest to help be the grassroots individuals that make a difference in our counties. Did I forget anything? There is a timeline to return the ballots. I just really encourage anybody listening that if you do receive a ballot in the mail, don't discard it, you know, um, you know, vote, open it up and vote. And if you see, you know, you can always do a write in too. you can always write in a candidate's name, you know, just like in any other election. But voting does matter, you know, and we'd like to see an increase in the number of producers that do actually take time to vote because your voice does matter. We listen, you know, uh, I, I. You know, it, again, it's a farmer-led organization, and you don't get that opportunity every day. So I really encourage anybody that either be on the county committee, be on the ballot, or vote. I agree with Linda and Jeremy. I think it's very important if 
if you're even considering it to, to nominate yourself, um, most years we see one or two people maybe on the ballot. Um, I think it would be be nice to see more more than that. Important to have backups if needed. You know, if if we only have one no nominee and one COC elected member, we could have to run a special election, which isn't isn't fun for anybody. So it's always important to have a backup, maybe a second backup. And then I just also want to mention, too, as far as your timeline goes, that, yep, yeah, the ballots will be mailed out November 7th. Uh, the last day to vote is December 5th. And if you misplace your ballot, think you should have received one and you haven't, uh, just important to stop by our office. Our door's always open. Our phone's always on. We can get you any information that you need. Moral of the story for our listeners, your voice matters, and the FSA office wants to hear from you, whether it's being a nominee to be on a county committee or voting, uh, they, they appreciate your input. So uh, don't be afraid uh, to go in, talk, call, county committee, or any other programs. The, the resources are there, and they're available. Uh, and it's nice to see, uh, see them face-to-face -face again and, and actually go in the doors. So take advantage while we can, because when we weren't able to, it made life more difficult for everybody. I would like to thank Matt for being on as a guest and Rhonda and Linda. And Tune in for Mike's Fun Farm Facts. A few other Fun Farm Facts about our country for the month of July, because I'm getting hungry, it's about time to go eat. July is watermelon month. It is also the month for the hot dogs to be recognized. And it's also the month where ice cream is recognized. So at your next picnic, remember the fun farm facts about watermelon, hot dogs, and ice cream. Thank you to Matt, Rhonda, and Linda for a great podcast today. And everybody have a great day. Thank you. If you would like more information about farm business management, we have 19 instructors covering the geography of southwestern Minnesota, west central Minnesota, southeastern South Dakota, and northwestern Iowa, working with about 750 farmers. For more information, you can contact us at area code 507-847-7929 or by email at sue.lovell at mnwest.edu or follow us on Facebook at Minnesota West Community and Technical College Farm Business Management. We look forward to hearing from you. 